the price of admission. Welcome to the Michigan Huddle Cast. You're inside Michigan Huddle with your host. I'm Jared Bunch. I played fullback at Michigan through 1990, and I'm joined with my co-host, Jamie Morris, this week, who played running back with me in the backfield for the Wolverines through 1988. 88. 88. There you go, baby. And in this episode of Michigan Huddlecast, we're going to address the current state of Michigan football program. We'll take you around the campus and we'll take a trip down memory lane and talk about some of the rites of passage that used to exist and perhaps still exist within Michigan football program. We'll also get to a special guest, one of the guys who I used to mess around with a lot, even though he wasn't there with me, John Wangler, who played quarterback at Michigan, will be here to join us. And I want to remind you to please stop by and check out our podcast at iTunes. You can always catch it at iTunes. That is the Michigan Huddlecast at iTunes. All right, let's get started with this episode addressing the state of Michigan football program. You're listening to Huddle Pass, the official voice of former college athletes. Let's talk about this right off the bat. There's been some controversy, I think you would say, is about uh, these satellite camps that uh, Jim Harbaugh has brought to Michigan and taking around the country. Well, one thing Jimmy has done is, is he's got to get out and let everybody know that Michigan is, is relevant again let people know that, hey, we got kids around the country and we want to be a national recruiting base. We don't just want to recruit Michigan. We just don't want to recruit the Midwest. We want to recruit down in the South. We want to recruit in the West. We want to recruit, we want to recruit in, the, in the Northeast. So that being said, Jared, Coach Harbaugh, smart of him, he found out that he could do satellite camp in conjunction with other colleges that have football camps. Just so I can get a more, uh, more understanding What's the difference between the satellite camps that they're doing now and, and, you know, years ago when you were playing, when I was in college, what was, what's the difference? Because I remember Michigan having a camp right there on campus and guys well, came all over. You only had one week of camp and you tried to get as many kids as you could, invite as many kids as you, you were interested in, but always remember you had to make those camps public. So you had to, I mean, it was, it was, a, make, it was a means of two things. You had to make money. Those camps made money. It was just a week, five days of camp. You were making money for the coaches, and you were trying to get your program into the front of the players that you were interested in. Now, remember, Michigan's trying to be a national, a na- national com- competitor now. So that being said, they've got to go out and re- invite kids around the country. But to make money... They've got to get kids in Michigan, in the state of Michigan, to come and stay overnight. That's where the money is, Jared, right there. You stay overnight, you make money that way. But now we have to go out, we have to recruit these kids. We got to let this, I mean, football has gotten bigger. As you know, as I, I well know, football has gotten bigger and more competitive. I mean, we need to get out there and let those kids know the maize and blue is out here ready to play. Yeah. Well, uh, I have, like I said, we have a guest, John Wengel, who played quarterback. It was, when you were in high school, John, did you ever go to the uh, football camp? Yeah, this is how old I am, Jared. I went to the first Michigan football camp in 19, it would be in the fall of 1975. Oh. And they had it over at Ann Arbor, Huron High School. And uh, 
Bill McCartney kind of coordinated it with all the Michigan staff. Then Bo came over one day to talk. And that camp uh, grew from probably two, 300 kids that first year to, I don't know, they've had upwards of 2,000 kids, you know, over the years. Uh, but like Jamie said, that camp um, was always a great uh, chance for the young coaches to uh, coach and make some money that week and for us to get our, a lot of the prospects on campus in Ann Arbor and see our facility and our program. And as you, you guys both know, right, when we were going through, it was more a Midwest-based deal, you know. Most of our kids came from Michigan and Ohio and then some from Chicago area, and then we'd cherry-pick some kids from New Jersey or Florida or nationally. But it, it was more, you know, the basis of our team and our structure was really Michigan and Ohio. And that was, you know, you had enough kids in those areas but now as, as things have changed and there's been a population shift from the Rust Belt, from Chicago, you know, Gary, uh, Toledo, Detroit, you know, Cleveland, uh, Ashtabula, that, 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 <laughs> that, that great uh, city that produced so many great ones, to Warren, Ohio, to Pittsburgh, right? We had all these great players come out of that area. But as population and these plants and these steel mills have closed over the years, they've moved south, right? So there's been a migration down south. And so now there's, you know, uh, probably a greater uh, percentage of prospects in the south. And that's why it's so fertile. And, and a lot of these big schools down south are keeping their players home, which in the past, you know, we get the Anthony Carter out of Florida and we get quite a few kids out of the south. Well, now a lot of these kids are staying home. And that's why, you know, one of the reasons that Jimmy wants to go and have these national camps this year and do a a little tour throughout the whole country. Well, I understand that. I see how it, it can help in, in recruiting and, and getting a lot of new talent. But why is there such a big backlash from certain conferences that uh, they're trying to say that, you know, that Michigan and, and Big Ten is getting an unfair advantage by being able to do a satellite well, well, unlike unlike college basketball where you can do, you know, the NCAA makes all the rules, these conferences make the rules. The conference commissioners make these rules for college football. They decide where what you can do and what you can't do. So, I mean, the big the SEC has decided that the coaches have to stay on campus. The ACC coaches have to stay on campus. The Big Ten said, "Hey, you guys can go out and do what you need to do. It's open. It's free reign." As well as the Pac, as well as the Pac-12. So, if you think about those, they, I mean. The conferences, I mean, the, the commissioners have hurt their coaches, their football coaches. It's not, I mean, it's going to go to the NCAA and there'll be a rule made. But, Jerry, it's even gotten even more controversial because, and I know Jai can touch on this, because he, he knows about this. Even Urban Meyer, who's a Big Ten coach, has said that he doesn't like satellite camps. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you, everyone saw Commissioner Delaney's response, right? It's, inter it's interesting that the, the SEC is up in arms, right? The coaches in the SEC and ACC are up in arms. When those that you know, SEC allows the, uh, the kids, to, the schools to oversign, right? They can oversign on, on signing day, and then they just have to get down to you know a certain number by the start of the fall. You know, that's a big advantage. The Big Ten will not allow that, right? The right. Big Ten was the first one to. Say, hey, when the kid signs, he has a four-year scholarship, okay? It's not one-year renewable like those other conferences have, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so 
the SEC has always, you know, had a lot of advantages, and, and not to mention the population base down there of players. And, you know, I guess it's kind of ironic now that they're up in arms because, and really, Jimmy wasn't the first one to do this, right? No. Uh, James, James Franklin did it last year. Uh, they had a camp down south. Penn State did. So, you know, the precedent had been set. And then now, and I think Notre Dame did one last year, too. And now and James yeah, Franklin is a coach out of the SEC. And so and so is Urban Meyer. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think that they they're making a big stink because it's you know Michigan is and, and, and Jim Harbaugh is moving why why bring up this big it's a problem now when it's been been done over the past years? Because we're doing eight of them, Jared. They're doing eight throughout the country. Those other guys only did one, and we're doing eight. <laughs> And we're publicizing it, and we're, you know, kind of, I think they put it in everybody's face a little bit more, right? And Jimmy's like, hey, I'm going to go down there, and, and we're going to go down there and expose all those kids to the University of Michigan. And, and, they, and maybe they hadn't been before, and we're going to go right down in their own backyard. And then well, the beautiful thing that he did, right, real quick, is that he invited, you know, all the college coaches in the country to the Michigan camp. and said, hey, you guys are all welcome. Come on up, right? So that it was pretty, uh, pretty uh, a good, slick move on his part. I love and to the day, and yeah, to the day. I love the fact that he is doing it. I mean, being a, a former teammate of his and seeing how he has taken the reins of coaching and moved it to another level. I love the fact that he came in and he said, "Listen, this is what's got, what I want to do, and if it's it's all legal and I'm open book to you coming and sharing with us, we're going to share with you." It's all within the rules. I love the fact that he's taking those steps to say, listen, I see that we need some more recruits, and I see a effective way of reaching those recruits. I love the fact that he's bringing it back to Michigan. Yep, me too. You were saying something, Jamie? I just think it's, it's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's, it's really going to be helpful for Michigan getting back in the back onto the national scene. I think Jim Harbaugh's carried it. I mean, I mean, it's like John said. If Jim Harbaugh, if Michigan wasn't doing it, there'd be no controversy. Right, right. Well, and you know, the one thing that he did, and, and I think we talked about that before we got on, Jimmy's made Michigan relevant again, right? Yeah. We're coming off a five and seven season, and he's made us relevant, right? We're in the discussion now nationally, right, again. And that's what he had to do. And he knew he had to take a, you know, a bold step, and he did. And, and look, he's always been that guy. He's not afraid. Let's do it within the rules, and we're going to push the envelope and go right to the edge, and we're going to compete, and we're not going to back down from anybody. And you got to love that attitude. Which, which kind of moves us to the next uh, topic that we're going to talk about is the players that were there at Michigan. Uh, we had the draft a few weeks ago. And uh, where Michigan usually has a number of players drafted in, in the first, second, third round, we had three players this year drafted uh, in the second and round and lower. Let's talk about those players, the first being Funches. What do you think? I, I think Devin Funches is a, is a great athlete. He, uh, as we said before, before we got on the show, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tweaker. I think he's got Jimmy Jimmy Graham potential. I think he's going to be an H back, um, but he's got he's got some speed. He's got nice hands. He's got soft hands. Uh, the one thing he's got to work on, he's going to have to learn how to block. 
in the NFL, he's got to learn how to block to make himself useful because there are going to be plays where he's going to have to block. Well, I love the fact that, you know, they put him with Benjamin. You got two big, big receivers and physical. I love the fact that he is not afraid to, uh, you know, if he has to get physical running a route, he'll do it. And he's going to have to do that here in the pros because the speed, I would say his uh, athletic ability and, and his size is going to help him more than his speed will, especially going up against guys in the NFL who are just beast in coverage. Yeah, he's a tough matchup. You know, um, he, he's a very strong kid. He's explosive. Uh, the little defensive backs, uh, they're going to have a problem with him. Uh, and the big guys should run away from him. You know, if he can focus for uh, a full game and a full season, um, he can be a great player. He can be a great, great player because he has all the tools. What position do you think he'll play, tight end, H-back, or wide receiver? I think he's between an H-back, tight end. I mean, H-back, uh, wide receiver. I agree, Jamie. Yeah, I think he's more suited to that. You know, he's just not a real physical blocker, right? He hasn't. He's not shown that. He's more of a guy. He wants to, you know, he'll bully a small defensive back, and he's a hard, tough matchup. But I don't see him going down and cracking on a tackle or a linebacker consistently, you know, from a tight end position. Well, then there were two other guys that were drafted in the draft, and, and that was first, let's talk about Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan's a guy, he's a linebacker, and he was an outside linebacker who uh, he, uh, he, he blew out his knee a couple years back came back. I mean, he's he's that kind of a person like Adrian Peterson. Got himself back in shape, got himself back into playing form, uh, did it in a year, played that next year, and has transitioned into, went at, I mean, from outside and moved to the inside. Middle linebacker and played well at the middle linebacker. A lot of people thought he, was, he played outside of him. Out, I mean, he played. He didn't play as well as he should have when he played outside. But I thought he did a great job. Fast, uh, very reaction. He's got the reaction. He, he and he hunts for the ball. He's a hunter. And he said yeah, he's great. He's great off the edge. Green Bay. I mean, he, he's going to be playing for Green Bay Packers. So I think they have some linebackers that can teach him. A little, uh, a couple, few things, a few things, don't you think? Yeah, he, oh, without he's, a doubt. <laughs> is it Matthews? They, they got Matthews. That, that's kind of he. His hair, his hairstyle. Their first few years were, were uh, I think that must have been his idol because you know they both look very similar coming out of the helmet. But he's a, yeah, he's a, like a uh, yeah. yeah, he's a great rusher off the edge, and like Jamie said, um, he made a a, a real successful conversion to inside linebacker and um, so that shows his versatility Well, which takes us to the next guy who was also taken in the second round though with Funches and that's Frank Clark that's the steal of the draft that's in my, in my, if this young man doesn't have the alleged domestic dispute he, he could have been a first rounder a late to early second round late first rounder I mean this kid uh, as John told us before the show, he, he came in as a safety, and he grew into his body. And just, I mean, in proportion, he's a fast off off the line. He can play. He can play both hands on the ground and standing up. He can he can probably cover in the flat. So he's that kind of an athlete. Yeah, and I I have a couple of sons who played on the team with Frank, and uh, they could not say enough about him. They, I mean, 
obviously had an issue, but they uh, had the most respect for him, and they really, uh, they, he thought he was a great teammate, and uh, I think, as Jamie said, I think he could be the steal of the draft, especially when you're in a program like Seattle's, um, where you have all those character and class guys around them. Uh, that guy could, could really be a force in the NFL. Wangler, did you say you have a couple of what that played with him? A couple of sons. You couple, John, couple, my, a couple of my offspring. That play at Michigan. Uh, oh, wow. So here. you yeah. have some offspring at Michigan right now? I do. I do. Why do you Isn't think I brought him on? That is, that's, that's great. So you, it was, actually, that would bring us into our memory lane segment. You're listening to Huddle Pass, the official voice of former college athletes. Because exactly. kids come and play same school that you played for, does it not bring back some memories of when you were there with both? Yeah, I, I got to pinch myself. Um, the first time that Jack ran out of the tunnel, and you know, you saw a, you know your son in a Michigan uniform uh, and helmet. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't get much better. And uh, I've really, truly been blessed that they've had the opportunity to come to Michigan and and get a degree and be part of the football program and, and um, you know, enjoy some of the things that all of us did and that experience of going out of the tunnel and, and playing for Michigan and putting on that winged helmet and, you know, competing. Um, yeah, I, you know, you can't draw it up, but uh, I truly feel lucky and blessed. And, and uh, you know, I just hope that they can experience, uh, you know, some of the stuff that we did in, in battling for the championships and, and bowl games and all that good stuff. You, you know, want to know something? Uh, my my recruiting trip at Michigan was the last. So it was before I got there, but it was my recruiting trip. That was the last year that Michigan, when they um, dressed at the stadium, they didn't have lockers. They had hooks. They had hooks. That was what yep. you guys used. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was my. That was that was my that was my freshman year. What? what yeah. Yeah, all right. Now, take those hooks. We we got a new, by my fifth year, we got new, uh, We they started building the new uh, Bo Schimbeckler Hall. So by my fifth year, we were in there. They compared the on the hook to my fifth year, and I went back there two years ago. The locker room looks like... Um, like the, the like the Lakers locker room in their heyday. So tell me about your your experiences when you walk in with your son, knowing that you used to come in the same locker room and you used to put your clothes on hooks. Now you go in there and it's like TVs on the wall. Each one has a whole huge uh, wardrobe. What's the, tell me about your experience. Well, I tell them that they're soft, Jared. I tell them <laughs> that they got soft. Uh, you know, I mean, when I told them that for spring ball we had 20 practices outside, and, you know, a bunch of them in the beginning, Bo would have somebody shovel the snow off and push it up against that wall. <clears throat> you couldn't even see the wall. It was probably 10 feet of snow. And, you know, and it's like, uh, yeah, Dad, right. You know, and, and you used to watch a black and white TV and walk five miles to school every day and, and you know, uphill in the snowstorm, right? But, I mean, I mean, that's just the way it is in college football now, right? It's always like an arms race. If you don't have the facilities and uh, all that plush stuff, I mean, the, the, the recruits are they're used to different things, right, than we are, and they expect your facilities to be top-notch and, and uh, 
that's just the way it is now. It was the kind of money that they're making, right? They can afford to put that kind of money into facilities. You know, you have Big Ten Network. You, they're getting $30 million each school from the Big Ten Network. You know, the, the price of the ticket when I was a freshman was $8. Um, now the cheapest game is like $60, you know, and the premium games are $90. I mean, it's, it's everything is just escalated, you know, the national championship, you know, how much did that bring in? And it's just a different world. And I don't know if it's better or worse. It's just, it's just different. And, um, you know, I tell the kids, you should have a great appreciation because, you know, it, it, it wasn't like that, you know, and, and we had a lot of fun and, and, and won a lot of games and had, you know, a lot of championship success. And, you know, uh, we didn't really think about that other stuff. And it's now it's just different. And uh, I guess that's what you have to do to recruit, but, I don't know. I don't know. John, good. John, talk about talk. I mean, John, you were the quarterback of the um, of the nineteen eighty team that went and won the first Bowl's first Rose Bowl. I mean, talk about mm-hmm. that and the importance of having that indoor facility. They finally built that indoor facility, and then you guys went out there and actually won the Rose Bowl. What year was that? What year did they build the facility? They built the facility in nineteen. 19- 79 and 80. Yep. And we didn't use it until the fall of 80. Like midway through the season, uh, it was done. And that's a great point that Jamie made. Is In the past, before that, we would go out to California two weeks before the bowl game. And uh, Bo would have us doing double sessions. Oh. Uh, for the first week, we'd get off the plane. We'd go right to um, the junior college where we trained and put on our cleats and run a mile and a half for time. And then that first week was double sessions. And by the time that second week came, everybody was so ready to come home. And, and they, you know, it was just hard. You take kids out of Michigan, you put them in Southern California. You know, it, it, it was just a kind of a culture shock. And, you know, so the last year when we won it, that's when that facility was um, done. So we practiced in Ann Arbor until a week before the game. And then we were able to um, go to the game only for a week. We were so much more fresh and relaxed. And we got a bunch of work done inside there. And um, I think it made a huge difference in our preparation. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't imagine not, not doing that now. Uh, going to a bowl game for two weeks, I don't care who you are or where you are, is too much. And uh, I think that was a, a big turning point. And then Bo realized the necessity of especially for colder weather teams to have an indoor facility. Well, that indoor facility was the very first of its kind. Yes. We were the first school to have an indoor football facility exclusively for football. And then everybody else built from that building. So all of these monstrosities that everybody was building was built from what was built in Michigan in 1979. Yep. Yep. That's correct. That's and correct. isn't it funny now, it seems as if that particular building could fit inside of the new in, indoor building. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and that, yeah. Facility was, that facility was obsolete when they opened it. Like, they didn't put enough, you know, distance between the sideline and the, and the outside of the building. I mean, there's a bunch of things that, you know, they realized right away that they could do better. And this new, the new facility that we have is, is spectacular, second to none. I wish, I wish I had the opportunity to to, <laughs> to train in it. I had the, my last year, like I said, 
was the first year of Chimbekwa Hall. And now that they've had Chimbekwa Hall for a while, they've done some actual uh, additions onto it, and, and they've added this other indoor facility. And when I was there, the last time I was there, I could not believe how beautiful it was. I mean, it, it's, it's like the fields, the field house, the buildings, everything is like a professional facility, you know, professional athletes facility, not a, a college campus. It's everything about it looks top notch. I cannot believe that it, it must be the top in the nation. If it's not, then uh, wow. Well, the one thing that Coach Harbaugh do with Jared, he, 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 was, he, he agrees with you, but the one thing that he did was he's bringing back the freshman locker room. The one thing he learned when he was here as a college football player was the camaraderie that you do when you first come in as a football player. You bring in the guys that are new and let them form their cohesiveness. And he liked that whole idea. And it, we did put all the players together at one time with the new, new, new building. But now he's gone back to building that freshman locker room and letting those freshmen, as they go through year to year, they have that cohesiveness from that first year of being together. Did they just section off a part of it, or is there an actual, like when we were there, an actual separate freshman locker room? It will be an actual separate freshman locker room. What they did was take out the, uh, the game room that they had for the players, the players' lounge they had. They took mm -hmm. that out and put back in the freshman locker room, which will, it'll be jointly attached to the varsity locker room via the showers. Did you say game room? Yes, I, we took the game room out. <laughs> is Bo turning over in his grave right now? There's oh, yeah. A game yeah. room? A game, game room where they, had, they, where they can shoot pool, play video games, all the things I just said. Yeah, they got rid of that. Jim got rid of that. And yes, he he flipped over. He flipped over and said, "What is this?" Right. Oh, okay. I think um, everything that I've seen. We talked about the satellite camps and and the direction and opening up now, uh, making sure that there's a freshman locker room. I love the changes. I see. I'm I'm hoping and I think that we'll see all of the changes taking uh, effect in this upcoming season. Would you agree, or do you think we're still going to have some time to adjust to another season like last year, or, or definitely it'd be going in the right direction, correct? Oh, you, you've got, you, yeah. I mean, the foundation's there. The foundation was there. I mean, we're, we're, I'm not saying that we're going to come out and we're going to win every game this year, but you'll have a, a, a vastly improved team, a more disciplined team, a more enthusiastic team. I think those who stay will be champions. That's the that's the credo that we will live by, and you'll see that. You'll see it develop. You'll see some things. We'll win some games that we're not supposed to win. I mean, right. we'll we'll we will compete in each and every game. I'm glad you brought that up. I want to ask you one question about that. When we were there, it was those who stay will be champions. When I went back about five, five or six, five years ago. Yeah, they had. I didn't see that there, but I did see hold the rope or hold the line or something. Which? Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, I don't even. I don't know staff. what that means. That, but that was the. Uh, that so was now the is, is 
What's back there? What's back now? What What's the saying or the statement or what's holding everybody together now? We're back to those who say we'll be champions. Thank you. Thank you. Can, now, can you explain to me what hold the line means or hold, hold the, the rope? rope? Yeah. What was well, that? that was that. That was from a previous. John, you want? John, you take this one, John. Well, that was uh, from the staff that's now currently at uh, Arizona, Arizona, and I think that was kind of their motto that everybody has to do their part in holding the rope uh, as a team, right? You can't have one guy not hanging on and pulling in, in the right direction, and uh, that was kind of, I think, his, uh, his okay. mantra, and, uh, you know, that's what they did. All right, okay. Great. Sounded good. That was yeah. No problem. Good. It's actually, um, it's working for Arizona? Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen, it's, it's been fantastic talking to you, uh, to you, John. I'm glad that you could come on and share some of your wisdom. I did not know that you had sons that were at Michigan carrying on that tradition, that Wangler name. What position did they play? Or One of the wide receivers. One's a wide receiver, Jared, the, the, the sophomore, and the freshman's a linebacker. So, yeah, I got a Jared, too. My Jared is a freshman. He's a linebacker, and Jack is the receiver. So they were much more skilled athletes than their father. Their mother was a good athlete, and thank God they inherited her genes. Oh, that's, that's great. Well, just quickly, how did it feel to you, Art? When you when they got a letter from Michigan, or the first letter, first sign that they were being recruited by Michigan. Well, it was, uh, you know, uh, the interesting thing was Jared, Jack went as a preferred walk-on, and he wanted to go to Michigan all along, and uh, they weren't going to offer him a scholarship, but uh, he said, "I don't care, I'm going to earn one. I'm going to walk on," and that's what he did. Jared was uh, recruited pretty heavily by a lot of schools and he verbaled to Penn State because Michigan hadn't offered him. And he had offers from LSU and Michigan State and um, Penn, Penn State he verbaled to. And then uh, the August before his senior year, I got a call and uh, we were driving to Pennsylvania actually for a family reunion. And um, they said, hey, we want to offer Jared a scholarship. We're going to take uh, four linebackers. And uh, I almost pulled off the road and, uh, you know, had an accident. But, uh, he uh, had already committed to Penn State, and so they said, "Can you come up this week?" And and Jared said, "Yeah, I'll be up." And uh, this was on a Saturday, and Thursday he committed to Coach Hoke, and uh, you know it was it was a great day. I I uh, you know I told the kids they could go anywhere they want, but obviously they were a little brainwashed over the years, and you know they all grew up wanting to put on that helmet, be part of the tradition, and you know it, thankfully it worked out. Well, I'm I'm glad it worked out too. I'm glad to hear that you have that had that experience. I mean, it's yeah. actually a great yeah. opportunity just to be a part of it, but to have your child also be a part of it, it's got to be something that I can't understand because I don't have any children. But if I did, oh, my gosh, how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you see him come out of the tunnel, it's it's, I mean, it, it really is emotional, and it's, uh, I've been blessed, man. That's all I can say. You're listening to Huddle Pass, the official voice of former college athletes.
you know, uh, you can stay you can stay just for about one more minute because all we have to do now is answer a couple of questions from our Twitter feed, which came uh, this past week. And the question was, the question came from Yabo, a Michigan fan who says, does Coach Harbaugh do the team an individual goal list during the first team meeting like Bo did? Do you know? Uh, I can tell you this. He, I think he would. I, in my impressions of what uh, Coach Harbaugh's been doing, he's he's staying on that list. He keeps keeps doing what he was what he was taught to do. I mean, he's bringing back the helmet decal. There's mm-hmm. there's a little bit for you right there. So will he will he address that schedule at the gate? And I mean, before this preseason, I think he will. I would be surprised if he doesn't. I didn't even know that they didn't have, how could you, I don't want to, you know, start anything, but I always assumed that they had goals. They said goals like, like I always did, like we all did. That every, every first meeting, that was what it was about, what we wanted to accomplish that year. I mean, uh, Coach Moeller did it. Lloyd Carr did it. I'm not sure if Rick, uh, Rick Rodriguez did it. I, I'm not sure if Brady Hope did it, but... I know that it it, kept, it stayed with Moeller and Carr. You're listening to Huddle Pass, the official voice of former college athletes. You have been inside the Michigan Huddle, listening to Michigan Huddle Cast with Jared Bunch and my co-host, Jamie Morris. Special thanks to our guest, John Wangler, this week. And again, before you get back to it, please find the Michigan Huddle Cast on iTunes. Just search Michigan Huddle on iTunes. Once you find us, please subscribe to the podcast, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating for your review. Thank you so much for joining us on the Michigan Huddlecast. We'll be back in June for yet another installment of Michigan Huddlecast. See you next month. You're listening to Huddle Pass, the official voice of former college athletes. Get in the huddle at HuddlePass.com and HuddlePassNation.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Huddle Pass Weekly Game Plan and to your program's huddle. Get in the huddle.